2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
0: You're listening to Stage Door Podcast, the podcast celebrating theatre and creativity from onstage mishaps to career-defining moments. Hosted by thespians,
1: myself, Tori, and co-host Eliza. Fortnightly, we will bring you industry professional guests, deep dives, and more. Hello everyone and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. Today we have the fabulous Ava Madden joining us, but before we dive into today's episode I would like to acknowledge that I am on Gadigal land.
0: And I'm on Turrbal land, the traditional custodians of the land on which we work, live and record, and we recognize that sovereignty was never ceded.
1: Ava is an actor and singer graduating from Lassell College of the Arts in Singapore. She was most recently seen in Sport for Job's Macbeth and The Lucky Country at the Hayes Theatre Company. Earlier this year she played Cinderella in Into the Woods at Belvoir Street Theatre.
0: Her other recent stage credits include Titanic, the musical in concert with The Morello Project, Othello, Sport for Jove, Bells Are Ringing with Neglected Musicals, KT slash Meg in Merrily We Roll Along with Hayes Theatre Company, and Cinderella in Into the Woods with Watch This, for which she was nominated for a 2022 Green Room Award. Please welcome to the mic, Ava. Hello,
2: hi everyone. I'm also reporting on Gadigal Land, um, and I'm very happy to be here.
0: We're so
1: excited to have you on to talk about Venus and Adonis today, mm-hmm. which is going to be happening very, very, very soon. Um, but before we jump into talking about this exciting new show, we're going to start today by asking, what have you been listening to recently?
2: Listening to? Okay. Um, I have gone on like a mild obsession with uh, Meg Mac, who's a beautiful Australian artist. Um, my... My sister opened for her on her tour kind of semi-recently and my partner was playing drums for my sister. And ever since like watching her live, I've just gone into this like massive deep dive on Meg Mac and I've, yeah, just become obsessed.
0: (laughs) That is so cool. I've never heard of her.
1: She's
2: excellent. Um, Neither. I'm going to have to check it out. she's excellent.
0: What kind of vibe is it?
2: like... Like
0: I'm really bad at like genres, God, this is. But like,
2: she kind of reminds me of Adele. I don't like, <laughs> yeah, it's quite epic and like, mm. I don't know, yeah, it's just gorgeous. Check it out, yeah.
0: That's awesome. We'll have to check it out. So you are obviously in this a new play called Venus and Adonis. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the play itself and what it's about?
2: Totally. Yeah. So a lot of you may know the title Venus and Adonis if you do know it it's the title of a of a poem by William Shakespeare of course this play is, is not the poem um, it's a it's a new work um, by Damien Ryan it's about two rival poets it's about William Shakespeare and Amelia Lanier and Amelia Lanyer is by comparison to William Shakespeare in particular but really across history is is a is a name that's it's not particularly known well known she was the first female poet to be published in the English language, and she accomplished some incredible things over her career. Um, in particular, she published this work of poems called *Salve Deus Rex Judaeorum*. Uh, <laughs> God, hopefully, hopefully i pronounced that correctly, though. <laughs> so it's a way of now, it. <laughs> <laughs> Latin. <laughs> um, as we say in the play, Latin always <laughs> tells. <laughs> Um, (laughs) um, but it was, it was a feminist masterpiece. I mean, at a time when women weren't even writing, majority of women weren't even educated on how to read, let alone write. And, and of course there were no, no females, female uh, poets published at the time. There were no no single female poet in the English language. And she was writing these incredible feminist works. Um, and, and yeah, she had sure they were published incredibly brave and um so yes our play is about uh i've gone on a tangent on amelia lanya but the play is does focus a lot on her (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's incredible um the play is is, it's about william shakespeare's life it's a modern play it's it's not a it's not a shakespearean play it's it is a modern play it's just shakespeare is one of the characters in our Mm. play um and what it does is is it expands beyond the idea of who, the person who wrote the words, we hear a lot about the the man who wrote the words, but yeah, he didn't, he didn't write in isolation, he was influenced by the people and the events that surrounded him, and our play focuses around three incredibly influential women that surrounded him, primarily Emilia Lanyard, but of course also his wife, Agnes Hathaway, commonly known as Anne Hathaway, and Queen Elizabeth I, which they all influenced him in so many ways. We also focus around the events in his life that influenced him, particularly the death of his son as well. His son's name was Hamlet, um, who many conjecture uh, influenced the play Hamlet, which he wrote soon after his son's death. It's, it's, it's funny. It's a comedy. It's also a tragedy. It's a celebration of theatre. It's a beautiful, modern play, and it's not really about Shakespeare. It's about these, um, it's about feminism it's about love and it's about theatre. It's about the creation of theatre. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It sounds amazing. I'm so I did not get to see, because I know that it was a film maybe last year in 2022. Um, so we did not get to see that, unfortunately, but I'm so excited to actually get to see it live on stage. It sounds so phenomenal. It, it is, yeah, and the film, yeah, I think it
2: was slightly earlier than that. I, funnily enough, I haven't seen it either, and I kind of purposefully haven't seen it either, because I didn't want to be influenced by it. I wasn't in the film. Yeah. The majority of the cast were, the majority of the cast are returning from the film. I'm a myself and one of the other cast member are, are new, two other cast members are new additions.
0: Oh, that's really cool to be like with the original film out of because it's the first obviously that's kind of the first interpretation of the play and then to have them come back and have time to sit with that piece and then find new things that's really cool totally totally and we're
2: actually using some clips from the film in projection through the course of the play so it's become this beautiful amalgamation of it it was when the play was written when Damien wrote the play it was meant for the stage but because of COVID they, they turned it into a movie and and the film did incredibly yeah that's epic
1: oh it's it's so exciting, and obviously, it's it's coming up soon. You would have had previews not last night, the night before.
2: Uh yeah, well, last night as well. Yeah, the night
1: before and last night. Yeah,
2: we've had we've had our first two previews now. It's been incredible to get an audience, and God, it just changes everything. But yeah,
1: yeah, yes. it makes it makes such a, it makes such a difference too. I think so many aspects of a show once you actually have an audience because thing people audiences react to different things and you get to play off of the audience as well but obviously talking about the show we don't actually know what role you play in the show so who are you within Venus and Adonis well
2: primarily I play I play a few different roles but primarily I play Susanna Shakespeare who um, is Shakespeare's oldest child his oldest daughter but I also play a courtier and uh, another member of the company, uh, the milliner of the company. And when we started rehearsals, neither of my characters had names, but they now do. Um, his, uh David gave me <laughs> full creative license over the name and in creative style, my milliner's name is now Millicent. And my courtier's name is Courtney Ear.
1: <laughs> I love that so much. That is so cool
0: your own little stamp on it too, that's it you know, no like, it never gets
2: mentioned in the play but, but like you know, anyone watching this video you've got the inside scoop <laughs> <It's
0: actually laughs> down the line they're doing all the research and they're like oh this is actually what the names are called <laughs> oh that's fantastic and I, I guess what is the rehearsal process been like for you working on this new show
2: I love working with Sport for Jove, I love working with Damien as a director, he's very collaborative and yeah because it's a new work I think there's so much more collaboration that can happen as well. It was very short, we had two weeks to rehearse and yeah oh, so it's, wow. it's oh, incredibly wow. short for a new work, um, For it's incredibly short for any play but let alone a new work. Um, yeah so we, we, we didn't even have time for a, a table read, like often you'll start rehearsals by sitting around a table as a whole cast and reading through the play didn't have time for that we worked worked quickly um often we'd <laughs> sit and um read the scene before we, we got up there and did it um so we did a little bit of so we'll sit around the table often just before we start working on a scene and, and talk about it and and it seems ask questions if we don't understand things um i think uh damien always says there's no stupid questions i ask a lot of them Which pro- probably stupid questions but <laughs> 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 Thankfully, I'm not to them. Anyway, we'll make sure we understand everything. Yeah, and then we just kind of get up on the floor and play. But it's been cool because it, it, it is very a very collaborative process. We'll often have ideas or, or suggestions. We'll make offers and it'll turn into something else. There have been little rewrites all along the way. We've changed the order of the scenes as well. Like, there were quite a few changes that happened over the course of the run. Yeah, and it's just, it's really fun to be able to work with a piece that can be flexible in that
0: way. No, that sounds really interesting. It's cool that there's also, for those who have seen the film, there is something different to expect within the play when you come and watch it because it has a couple of new rewrites and scenes changed and and orders changed, which can change a lot. If you reorder a scene, it can, you know, the flow-on effect... Yeah, and I'm, there are scenes in the
2: play that weren't even, weren't in the movie, Look, I haven't seen the movie, so I've, I'm comment with a grain of salt, but from every everybody who I know who has worked on the film, they comment that the play is just, it's so different. I, I think what people describe is that the, the movie is quite dark um, for a huge period of time. Our play is very funny.
0: There's a lot of comedy in our
2: play. Yeah,
0: I really like how there's this historical context to the play as well. I think that's really um great to watch but it's also like in modern language as well which is it's really cool because it's normally you think oh Shakespeare you know and you're thinking that time period and how they wrote works you don't normally like it's not usually modern so it's really cool to see a show that's telling the story but it still is really like accessible to everyone even if they're not very well versed in um, that kind of language.
2: Totally, totally. And I hope people aren't scared off by the idea that it's um, in somehow some ways related to Shakespeare. Yeah, because as you said, it's it's really, it's not Shakespearean. It's, it's a modern play. It references Shakespeare. and We have some, we, mm. we do, there are some sort of his sonnets, but not in a way that's intimidating or difficult to understand. You, you will understand every word. There's, it is a modern play. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, it's so, I think it's so exciting and I think it leads in such a new generation as well into i guess the world of shakespeare without it being that scary thing that i find i think young people especially think is like this big scary thing that is shakespeare when they go and see like romeo or juliet or something that they're unfamiliar with because it is written in modern english rather than shakespearean but obviously so you've done quite a lot of work with sport for joe before and with shakespeare What's your experience been like working on a play that is based around Shakespeare but wasn't actually written by Shakespeare? Amazing, in, in short. But um, yeah, I guess just for the
2: reasons we were talking about, like its accessibility, you spend a lot of time, what well, I do, I mean, maybe not all actors do, when they're working on Shakespeare, trying to frame it in a modern context so that you in your brain are able to understand it so that when you speak the words, hopefully you're translating that meaning to a modern audience as well. I think there is something very inherently modern about Shakespeare's writing. I think that's why it survived, because the themes are universal. God, that sounds like a, a school English teacher talking and telling you, Bad, these are universal themes. They, they really are. Every um, support for Joe production that I've worked on, um, they find a, a modernness to it. It's, never, it's not, never set in that era. Shakespeare himself, Never set his plays in those eras. Even even when Shakespeare was performing these histories, he wasn't setting them in the era in which they were written. He was—they were always designed to be modern plays about universal themes, about themes that are timeless. So now to have a have a modern play where um, that translation is in a way done for us, and we certainly, there are quite a number of um, Shakespeare's sonnets that the characters speak through the course of the play. It, it, it focuses a, a lot of the uh, he focuses around his sonnets and um, his lovers. Amelia um, Earhart was considered to be his Dark Lady of the Sonnets, so um, there are quite a few of us, his sonnets oh. over the course of yes yeah, so Shakespeare's Mistress, which is, um, and also his his male male lover is also one of the characters in our um, in our play as well. i sidetracked. God, I feel like I just I talk about one thing and I get sidetracked, but. <laughs>
0: I love it cuz I, I I really love how like it's it's also centered around women like it's not you, you know like I think that's really powerful to see the a perspective a historical perspective of what it was like for Amelia and for all those women and, and and it's it's a really unique perspective that we don't get to see as often normally i mean all the Shakespeare's plays are usually centered around a man so it's cool to see a different I mean, it's not written by Shakespeare, obviously, but um, to see it around the women and even the women around his life and that were successful in their own right, but didn't get that um, accolade at that time as much as he did.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And, yeah, um, there's, you know, a play we Amelia has this um, beautiful speech where she uh, she's talking to this scene, she's talking to Shakespeare about how he publishes her in his plays and... I mean, it's it's got to be true. I mean, if not Amelia, if if he, if he wasn't publishing necessarily Amelia Lanier, of course he was publishing the people around him. He was influenced massively by the people around him. Um, he didn't exist in a vacuum.
1: Um,
2: yeah, so it's it's fantastic that we get to see those relationships unfold on stage.
1: Yeah, exactly. I feel like it would be it would be so easy, I feel, to fall into the trap of when writing. A play, a historical play based around Shakespeare, it'd be so easy to fall in this trap of making it so focused on him. So it's really good and exciting to hear that it's not like, obviously, it's a story that starts with him, but it is ultimately about the women and the different people around him that influenced him as a writer. Just so exciting to get to see.
0: Yeah, and I guess kind of on that, um, this is kind of leading into our game a little bit, but you've done your fair share of works like this and also Shakespearean works. Are you a Shakespeare buff yourself? And if so, what is your favourite one of his works? A Shakespeare buff. Um, I don't know if I can
2: claim to be a Shakespeare buff. Um, There are (laughs) many people out there that know a lot more than me. I can't say that I've, I've probably even read half his plays, um, but I, I do like Shakespeare. I really like performing Shakespeare and, God, I should read some more of it and watch some more of it, actually, more to the point. Um, my favourite is Macbeth um, from the ones yeah. that I have read and watched. I have also – I've actually, luckily enough, been able to perform Macbeth twice now, um, but I it was my favourite even before I performed it. It's been my favourite since high school. I don't know why. I just – yeah. I,
0: love it. I don't know about you because I I also love Macbeth but I think I love it so much because I love seeing a powerful woman in it I think that's something you know with Lady Macbeth and I think that's why it's, it, it's so for so many Macbeth is their favorite piece um because it that power dynamic and struggle it's really cool <laughs>
2: Totally, I love their relationship. I think it's so so interesting. And then when we performed it, I feel like I got a whole new perspective on it. We often so often see Lady Macbeth uh, portrayed as an evil woman who uh, who whispered in the ear of Macbeth and made him do awful things. Um, and we kind of rarely see that they're a loving couple. That that um, she's she's not evil. She's a she's a woman who's actually lost a child. Um. And women who lost children in in that era were considered unworthy, a lot lot of them were called witches. Um, And this is a woman who wanted to step up in the world when she felt that she had given nothing to her husband, so she thought, maybe I can give him the crown.
0: Yeah exactly exactly it's so it's so fascinating to me i find it it's a really interesting relationship dynamic but i guess kind of on that we thought it would be really fun because you've also done you know doing this play but also you've done shakespeare as well we thought it would be really a great idea to do a bit of shakespeare trivia with you oh no no all
2: right okay make me look bad on the internet let's do it
1: (laughs) It's multiple choice. It's multiple choice. It's fine. I'm so glad I didn't claim I was a
0: Shakespeare.
1: <laughs> You're like, I rescind my previous statement.
0: I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> oh, well, Tori, you take it away with the first question. <laughs> okay.
1: The first one. The first question. Which I feel like if anyone's listen, listened to something rotten, people would easily know the answer to this. But... Where was Shakespeare born? We have three options.
2: That to the funny. <laughs> uh.
1: I was like, I don't think I need to give you options for this. I think everyone knows where Shakespeare was born.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, nailed that one. Didn't even need it. Yeah, start, starting off easy. <laughs> okay, number two. What is Shakespeare's longest play with over 4,000 lines? Is it... A, Romeo and Juliet, B, Hamlet, or C, Macbeth? I'm going to
2: guess
0: B, Hamlet. You are correct. Oh, my goodness. I thought <laughs> you're killing this. It was
2: an educated guess, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Just thought, God, that character talks really? a lot. God, Hamlet talks a lot. Surely yes. it's going to
0: be. Surely he has the most words. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, you have nothing to worry about. Look at you, killing it already. Two for two.
1: all right question three is during shakespeare's lifetime what major disaster forced the closure of london theaters twice is it a plagues b fires or c famine a
2: plagues and i know this because it's our plays very much set in amongst that time
1: (laughs) yes
0: So good. Oh, my gosh, you're killing this. Okay, Uh, Number four. We've got two left, so you never know. We could go five for five. So number four, Shakespeare wrote how many plays? Is it A, 45, B, 37, or C, 21? Let's go with B. Yes, you got it. You're like, "Mm -hmm." that was purely a lucky guess. (laughs) No, I was like, surely educated guess. No. (laughs) Okay,
1: with the final question, can we get five for five? Which character stated that life is a tale told by an idiot? Is it A, Othello, B, Hamlet, or C, Macbeth? I don't think it's Macbeth. I should surely know that if it is. So what what were the
2: options? What were the other options?
1: Uh, it is A, Othello, B, Hamlet, and C, Macbeth. Oh, it's gotta be B, Hamlet. No!
2: Oh, oh it's Macbeth, isn't it? Oh, no, it's Macbeth. Yeah. Oh, no, it's Macbeth. It is Macbeth. I realised the second I said it. Life is a tale told by an idiot. Oh, God, I know the full quote as well. I was like, why do I know that? Probably because it was in the play I just did. Oh, my God! <laughs> how embarrassing
1: you can cut that bit out <laughs> <laughs> we got 4 for 4 what are you talking about that was never a fifth question no it was never a fifth
0: question <laughs> when you were like uh it's not my bet surely not i was like yes it is <laughs> oh so good and you wasn't fellow <laughs>
2: I knew it couldn't be a fellow. I was
0: like, God, yeah, it's
2: course it's
0: a Oh God, how silly. <laughs> Hammer always uh, stuffs us up, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, well,
1: jumping back into it, we want to know a little bit more about you. Just as a performer, how did you get your start in acting and music theatre?
2: Oh, okay. So when I was young, I used to do theatre with a company called Marion Street theater There. Fantastic little company. They still exist. They're, they've been running for ages. Um, they kind of do. They do plays for young people, but that are performed also by young people. So you perform for like ages five to eight, maybe, and you could start working from them, from when you're about ten. And you you'd put on these shows like I don't know, like Beauty and the Beast, or or uh, or I don't know, Hansel and Gretel, or but, but like generally like fairy tale stories and um, that have been rewritten by uh, they have quite a few authors that write for them um yeah and it was fantastic because um I, I learned a lot about theater you not only do you can you perform in this plays, you go to auditions and you audition for them but it's a it's a fun day but you can also like do stage management with them um i, I was in an asm once or twice with them um and you you just you just learn a lot about theater and how it runs it's um yeah it's pretty incredible um, I did that when I was really young and I kind of dropped off the bandwagon a little bit with theatre. I think I always knew I wanted to do something in performing. wasn't too sure what. I, kind of, I didn't do a lot of amateur theatre. kind of, after that, growing up, I always studied it in school. But but I kind of got to my later years of high school, I guess I came back to it late in life. I think most people that ended up going into music theatre or theatre have been kind of doing amateur shows all through high school and I never did any of that. Yeah, I just I knew that I liked singing. And I, I kind of had a background in acting from doing stuff at Marion Street. I thought, OK, maybe, maybe let's do musical theatre. And I think it was just the combination of singing and, and, and acting that drew me to it. And then I sort of fell in love with it. But I, I really didn't know what I was doing when I first came into it. Um, and uh, it, it took me a little while to get into drama school. And, and um, I felt like I was a little bit on the back foot, like I didn't really know a lot about musical theatre. And then once I graduated, it actually took me quite a while to start working as well. I worked, I lived in Singapore. I, I studied in Singapore and, um, and when I graduated there, I worked in Singapore. But when I came back to Australia, it was really hard to get a foot into the industry. I took part in something called the AOC Initiative, which was um, for uh, kind of an initiative that sprung out of a uh, Rob Guest endowment, um, uh, picking recipients that were primarily white or picking all finalists that were primarily Light. And the AOC initiative uh, was by Tarek from Bonnet, I don't pronounce his name correctly. Um, to uh, it was for performance of color, to, um, and uh, I kind of nervously submitted a tape to them. And as a result, I think a lot of uh, people in the industry who would wind up being very influential to my career saw me perform for the first time, and I think. I kind of trace most of my start of my musical theatre career back to them. Like, I think, oh, God, that person cast me in this, and they, they would have seen my tape for that. So Watch This cast me in my first musical. Um, I played Cinderella um, in their production, Into the Woods. Um, Dean Drewberg was on the panel, and I think also a, a, Helped uh, organize the AOC initiative, so he, he would have seen me there, yeah, and um and that was my start. And it's it's this industry is funny because once you get a foothold, once you kind of uh, do your first thing, um, video making. Also, she, she got me to do the workshop of her new work, for Lucky Country, which ended up uh, being performed at the Haze. Um, so yeah, once you kind of get your footy, then people start seeing you, then then it kind of flows from there.
0: Yeah, yeah it's really great that you've had um it's cool to see your journey and like everyone's journey into the industry is different. And I find the leap from study into profession is a really, it can be a really tough time for a lot of people. And sometimes it is literally as simple as having an opportunity to like sing at, I don't know, an open mic night that someone seems to be there or, you know, obviously things like the AOC initiative, which are just absolutely incredible. Um, yeah it's really cool to see how your career can stem back from that one point and go from there because once someone sees you and they're like oh why haven't we noticed this person they're incredible it's it starts snowballing and then uh that effect on your career and you'll start working more which is really exciting because I know there's probably people out there listening who are in that that tricky place of not you know finishing study but not quite having landed their first professional job and it can be a really hard point um in your career
2: totally totally i think if it's something that you enjoy like absolutely keep at it i don't know anyone who has who has kept at it and not gotten cast in something eventually i don't know know a single person um and sometimes people discover that it's not for them and, and that's totally fine of course Go do other things that make you happy, but if it is something that you want, I, I think you will get there. Like this, it takes a while. So,
0: you've worked both in straight acting and also musical theatre, and sometimes that can be quite separated, I find. People are either, you know, they go to drama school for acting or they go for musical theatre, and sometimes there's not this crossover. So, if there's anyone out there listening and they want to do both, do you have any advice for them? Yeah,
2: totally. You can do both. You're right. There is there is a uh, often a divide. I find myself fighting against that divide on a regular basis and, and still continuing to. I often wonder why there is. I think there is a reputation. I don't know how musical theatre has gotten this reputation because there are so many fabulous actors that perform in musicals. But um Musical theatre has gotten a reputation of being not about acting. If some, somewhere in the, in the acting world or in the straight theatre world, I, I, that rumour seems to have perpetuated itself. Of course, mm. not among everybody, but I, I mean, you're an actor. If you do musicals, you're an actor and you can do both if, if you want to. Yeah, I, I was very lucky because I, I started working for school for Jove by I um, just had an open audition on their, on their website. Um, on their Facebook page, I think I saw it and I submitted a tape and the rest was history. But yeah, I think I think the biggest factor holding people back is, is maybe confidence. They feel, oh God, if I didn't study acting, then how will I ever compete against people that, that did study acting for three years? I just don't think that that narrative is true. I think, um, yeah, we're actors. And yeah, if you want to do straight plays, if you love text... I love
0: text. Yeah. It's a bit mind boggling that uh, there is this divide because exactly like you say, like musical theatre, you act in it. So it's just like, what is the difference? There's no difference to whether you are like, you've got a scene in a musical and a scene in a play. They're both on stage or I know there's a bit of a difference sometimes with filming, but film acting, but not really. There's a little bit of differences and things that you can, techniques you can pick up and different things that you can learn. But yeah, it's interesting that there is sometimes this, uh, you can only do one or the other and a little gatekeepery. And I think it needs to change. I agree, it needs to change.
2: Um, I, I studied musical theatre, but I, the more I kind of work, the more I go... I I don't think that I want to do every musical out there. Um, Sometimes I I prefer doing straight plays. Um, I like text, so I like certain musicals, but I don't like all musicals. And I don't think I knew that at the start of my career. So I think it's awful that people should be pigeonholed into one thing when we're constantly evolving people. And and, um, we're learning and changing. I have a lot to learn still. But, um, yeah, I've, I've... i agree it it absolutely needs to change perhaps it's because there's so many actors and we just have to (laughs) pigeonhole ourselves in order to
1: (laughs) make sure the roles are divided out i don't know Yeah. but there's there's opportunity there's so much opportunity and yeah the real only real difference between straight plays and theater is obviously the amount of text within them And I think the only thing that- going the other way is that for music theatre, you have to have some semblance of an ability to sing, which is something that can always be trained as well. It's not- it's not always, I think. I would much rather see someone with a voice that maybe isn't the strongest, but has the ability to really act a role and- Make it their own than someone that has the best voice ever, but watching them perform, you're like, ah,
0: there's nothing behind So it. true, so true. <laughs> I, I often think
1: that I'm
2: the weakest singer in the room, often, like, I'm I think acting is my biggest strength, but I, I find that if I've asked jobs, it can book you jobs, and it, if it does, then why can't it book me jobs in acting as well?
1: Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are coming close to the end of our interview today we've got a couple more questions for you one of which is do you have a favorite spoiler free moment from venus and adonis
2: um there are so many moments in this play that are my favorite i don't think i have a specific one but there is this scene between nathaniel field who was a player in shakespeare's company who plays women and amelia lanya um who is uh, of course a woman herself and he has this speech about uh William Shakespeare doesn't understand women and is preaching to a to a woman about about uh, what women are and and the difficulties that they face it's yeah it's I, I love I love that speech and also another favorite moment probably is is actually the poem uh, throughout the course of our play we talk about the performance of the poem Venus and Adonis in court and when we finally reach the poem at the end of the play we have learned so much about these characters um, that it's just becomes this incredible dynamic piece you're reading between the lines because you know so much about the characters and their relationships to one another and the metaphor of Venus and Adonis um, has just evolved and yes it's dynamic it's exciting it's tense it's yeah it's incredible it's funny
0: oh that's beautiful I really like how you get to see the whole thing and then Obviously what the play is based around is then brought back at the end and then you can see all the layers that actually go into the writing because sometimes a lot of people read um, a Shakespearean work or um, that kind of language and it can be a little uh, hard to understand where everything's coming from or the subtext behind it unless it's performed, you know, reading it off the page versus the performance of it. So that's really beautiful that you get to bring it back full circle at the end. And I guess, well, this is actually now our last question for the podcast today, which is really, really sad, but you have already had some performances of this show. So you might, you might be able to speak a bit more about this, but what impact do you hope this play will have on audiences?
2: I hope that they walk away knowing the name Amelia Lanyard. She has undoubtedly had an influence over literary history and the history of of feminism. And there is no reason why she is lesser known than her counterparts of the era. She's written a work which is a masterpiece not only for her time but, but through all of history. Yeah, so I hope they take that away. So I hope they just have a really good time. The whole the play is like it, it is a celebration of theatre, the play. And if you love theatre, you'll love this show. It's it's beautiful and nuanced. You'll laugh, you'll cry. It's 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 a work of genius. You absolutely need to come. It's it's just yeah. I couldn't work on a better play. I'm so very excited to be a part of this. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It sounds so wonderful, and we are so So excited to get to see this and for everybody else to get to see this. Um, So for those wondering, this is going to be on. It's on at the Seymour Centre from the 29th of September to the 21st of October. And you can get tickets at seymourcentre.com slash events slash Venus and Adonis. So please make sure that you do organise to go and get yourself tickets to see such a fabulous piece of not only... Shakespeare but history and more importantly the people that influenced him that probably got him to a point where he might not have been without having these fantastic women and people and his company in his life to influence him and his work.
0: But before we go, I would love to hear a little bit of a bedtime story from you. So this is a little segment we do at the end of the podcast where you can share a story about a stage mishap, a costume malfunction, anything that's gone wrong in a play, musical, anything that you've done that's been either an embarrassing moment or just a funny, a funny moment. (laughs) I'm laughing because I have so many embarrassing
2: stage moments, um, but I'll share one that is, uh, is, is recent. <laughs> it was, thankfully, not in a play. It was in a, um, a symposium. So it was like a lecture for schools where we perform little sections of the play. So we were, we were doing um, a symposium on Othello, and I was doing a scene as uh, the character of Bianca, in this scene she's uh she's trying to get her lover this man who she's sleeping with to come back to his lodging with her um and he's trying to shake her off and at the end of the scene she kind of leaves and she says "Tis very good i must be circumstanced which means i circumstances must be right for you to have me be with you or to, to be with each other and as I was le- it's the very last line she says before she leaves the stage. And I I say 'tis very good and then my brain malfunctions and I say I must be circumcised <laughs> and I
1: leave oh, the no. stage <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh
1: no Oh I bet this book kids I absolutely think. loved oh, no. that so you much absolutely
2: cacted the whole room cacted I was on the floor I just was like like I immediately I I realized obviously immediately when I said the word circumcised I was like circumcised ah I mean
0: uh. (laughs) oh my god that is iconic
2: (laughs) I had to think about it just then when I was telling you the actual line I was like don't say circumcised again (laughs) don't say
1: circumcised again (laughs) Oh, that is amazing! Oh, they would have loved that. They would have loved that so much. they are like, Whoa. oh, chicken. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you. So much, Ava, for coming on and talking to us today about Venus and Adonis. It has been an absolute treat. And again, you guys, please make sure that you go and you purchase your tickets. We'll put all the details down in the episode description as well as on our Instagram. But thank you so much. We are so excited to see this, so excited to see you in this. It's going to be so so wonderful um but anyway you guys that brings our episode to the end for today so until next time stay happy healthy and safe and we will see you then bye